the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Join us today as Pastor Draper deals with the subject of divorce in this message entitled Divorce Pandemic. Pastor Draper will be speaking from the Old Testament book of Malachi, chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. We are still in the series, The Divorce Pandemic. And uh, next Sunday, we'll wrap up this series. I've been so blessed. It's been good for me as well as it has been for you. As you turn Malachi chapter 2, verse 16, Malachi 2, 16. Satan wants you all bent out of shape this season. He wants you devouring one another. Can't stand to be around each other. He wants you at each other's throats. He wants your family miserable. Satan wants to wipe you out. And for many of you, he's doing a good job simply because you can't follow simple instructions from the word of God. Malachi chapter 2, verse 16 says, For the Lord God of Israel says that he hates divorce, for it covers one's garment with violence, says the Lord of hosts. Therefore, take heed to your spirit that you do not deal treacherously. The divorce dilemma. I'll kind of review a couple of points from last week, and then we'll transition into new insights uh, for today. I said last week, as we ended that message, is that if you're going to stand a divorce courts, and if, you're, if your marriage is not going to be part of the stats, or even if you anticipate getting marriage and you don't want to uh, see the worst happen to your marriage, uh, then it is critical that you guard against the spirit of negativity and criticism. Negativity and criticism is very detrimental uh, to the, the marriage. Turn, turn with me to Psalms 141.3. And if someone knew you don't have, does, not, does not have a Bible, please let them share it because you need to see the word of God. It, it, it prospers the marriage. It will salvage your marriage. And uh, it will do like none other can do. And then you have to wait on God in the process. Psalms 141.3 says, when you find it, say amen. Oh, y'all got it. That was strong. Set a guard. I'm reading from the New King James. Set a guard, O Lord, over everybody else's mouth. Huh? My mouth. My mouth. Set a guard, O Lord. Uh, uh, over my mouth, keep watch over the doors of my lips. Now, when, when the Lord sets a guard over your mouth and watch over your lips, then you can have a fruitful marriage and relationship. 
Because the, the fact of the matter is our mouth, our tongue, and our lips get many marriages in trouble. We talk ourselves into trouble. You know, talk yourself. That's why when I get up here even to preach, you don't see me just uh, coming up here and just kind of just ad-libbing and just shooting a breeze and just talking. I'm not a jokester. I really don't tell good jokes. Now, folk laugh when I preach. I don't know why they laugh, <laughs> but, but, but uh, they get tickled. But I'm really not a jokester. If, you, if I tried to tell you a joke, you would laugh at my inability to tell a joke. But, um, but we really have to uh, guard our mouths if we're going to see our marriage salvaged. Because we're, and that means we, we can't be quick to speak. We need to be quick to hear and slow to speak. Uh, and then Psalms 19.14, turn to Psalms 19.14, you need to guard your mouth, uh, and, and, guard, and God sets that guard over your mouth. Because if you shut your mouth and just let God work, uh, you'll find yourself making some progress. Psalms 19.14 says, let the words of my mouth not everybody else's mouth, my mouth. You know, Psalms 114.3 says, O Lord, set a guard over my mouth. Now, Psalms 19.14, let the words of whose mouth? Say a little bit louder. Say a little bit louder. And the meditation of my heart be what? Acceptable in whose sight? By, King, J- King James says, thy, which is your sight. O Lord, is he my strength? You know, my help, he's my strength. Is he your strength? Yeah. All my help comes from the Lord and my redeemer. How many know he's your redeemer? He's my redeemer. He's yours, but he's mine. He's mine. I, you can take ownership of what's yours. He's my redeemer. I can personalize my relationship with God. And listen, when the words of your mouth and the meditation of your heart is acceptable for God, then it's going to be acceptable to your spouse or your girlfriend or your neighbor, or your co-worker, or another church member, or whomever, it's going to be acceptable. When you're acceptable to God, it's going to be acceptable to those you are conversing with. You see, when a spouse is nitpicking, hair-splitting, judgmental, analytical, and has his or her spouse under surveillance, just under watch, it steals the trust and drains the life out of marriage. And some of you all have done great damage to your marriage, and, you, and if it's out of order, it doesn't get fixed tomorrow. Amen. That mess was created over a period of time, and it's going to take a period of time to clean up that mess. It's not a magic wand that's waved, and all of a sudden, everything is in order. I mean, so if somebody, so it is critically important that spouse, spouses, a wife, or a husband, not nitpick everything and make create issues out of everything. Uh, know how to let some things go, some things pass. I mean, not half splitting, not being so judgmental, analytical. Every every statement is under analysis. It's under the microscope. You have a microscopic type of perspective on your spouse. Um, under surveillance, it steals the trust and drains the, the life out of marriage. The next thing I said last week, and then we'll transition, don't be too prideful to ask for help. 
Don't be too prideful to ask for help. Proverbs 19.20. Turn there, if you will. Proverbs 19.20. Don't be too what? Prideful to ask for help. Proverbs 19.20 says, Listen to counsel and receive instructions that you may be wise in your latter days. In your latter days. You know, some of y'all, you know, just because you're old don't mean you're wise. Ain't no fool like an old fool. I mean, I mean, why? You got some, some kids can execute wisdom that the parents don't have. <laughs> yeah, and you can be young and wise, and you can be old and foolish. Old and foolish. In your latter days, you ought to be wise. You ought to be wiser now at this point of your life, in your life than you were 20 years ago. I didn't say smarter. That's what's wrong. You got a whole lot of smarts. But you need some wisdom. You know, an atheist is smart. A whole lot of folk are smart. I take wisdom over smartness any day because wisdom comes from God. It is the ability to see life from God's perspective and apply scriptures to life living. That's wisdom. And God says, if you want it, ask me for it. You're asking everybody else what they think, but but what really matters, what does God think? He has the wisdom, and he's he's not cheap on wisdom. He'll give it out. He said, you have not because you ask not. When the last time just uh, where you going, which direction you going to go? You say, Lord, what do you think? Lord, should I do this or do that? Lord, where is you in all, where, where, where are you? Where are you in all of this? I mean, and just checking in with God. Proverbs 3, 5, 6 says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to your understanding. In all thy ways, it acknowledge you. And he will direct your, not just the small things, but the large things as well as the small. Then Proverbs 15, 22, turn just back a few chapters. Proverbs 15, 22 says, without counsel, plans go awry. In other words, of course, awry is a astray, astray. Without counsel, plans go awry. But in the multitude of counselors, they are what? Established. Counsel. Wives, you ought to be wise. Wives, you ought to be wise so your husband can take comfort and take in counsel from you. Husbands, you ought to be wise so that your wives can take comfort and take in counsel from you. Amen. Parents, you ought to be wise so your children can take comfort and security in knowing that they can get a word of wisdom from mama and daddy. Wise. Plans go astray simply because you don't ask. And there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. Now, some of y'all take that and you run with it. So a multitude of counselors. It doesn't mean every time something rises up in your marriage, you go tell 50 folk. Bible says multitude. And you call Joe, Surly, Max, Tom, Annie, Cutting Lou. Wait a minute. Stop. I will resent my wife 
she would get on my last nerve. If every time we had an issue, 50 folk outside our relationship knew what was going on in our house. What goes on in the Draper's house all the what? Hey. Now, I'm not saying, now, sometimes, the other side of that, some of y'all got so much pride, everything stayed to your own demise. You see how it, has, how it has to be balanced? And then when you got to tell somebody, it needs to be no more than one or two, and they ought to be spiritually mature, ought to know how to keep their mouth shut, and you ought not be cutting corners talking about, I told you, but don't you tell nobody. And you told 50 folk, and, and, and then you told it. And then mad because you think somebody's telling, but you talk so much, you forgot you told it. You told it. You tell on yourself. And that's what you need your marriage oil. We have all kinds of, we have marriage seminars. Kind of, we, we, we have all kinds of stuff. We, we have divorce care and we got this and we got that. We got, and some of y'all don't take advantage of nothing. Amen. Look at some of y'all. You don't have to act old. Because you 50 or 60 or 70, it ain't time to ask, oh, Caleb at 85 said, give me this mountain. That's how come senility is all setting in on some of y'all. Y'all already talking about I'm old. Get some life in you. Get up and go. Get your bicycle. (laughs) Do something. Get some roller skates. Do something. Some of y'all better not do that one. <laughs> I, my sick and shed in report was skyrocketing. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, 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 but it, that, that's very important. It's not about me because this is the lost church. It's his kingdom program. It's his kingdom program. Refuse to allow pride to destroy your marriage. Don't be afraid to ask for godly counsel. From spiritually mature counselors. Beloved, you and I were designed to get help. To get help. If you don't know about plumbing, you're going to just let your water run all down the street for four days? Or what you going to do? Get help. Right? You cut on your lights and they're not coming on? Or you going to try to go in that box and do it? Some of y'all do. And I said, get out of there. You short fuse the whole house. Burn up the house. I can fix it, honey. You fix it all right. The house is all gone. Um, But we were designed to get help. I don't try to fix my car. Because if I try to fix it, it's not going anywhere. I know, know your limits. Know what you can do and what you can't do. Somebody else good at knick-knacking with a car and can make it crank up, fine. If you, if you can't do that, say, I can't do that. Take it to a reliable mechanic. Stop pretending to be something you're not. And you know what? Here's what Satan says to you, to, to we married couples. You're having a problem. The enemy says, stand alone. You don't need nobody. They don't need to know what's going on in your life. You, you're the president of this, or you're the coordinator of this, or you're, you're the director of this. Uh, you're the preacher, or you're the deacon, or you're the counselor yourself. Uh, you, you got a reputation in the church. Everybody look up to you. You can't have a problem. What you mean you can't have a problem? 
There's only two kinds of problems, you know. Those who talk about them and those who ignore them. But you still got them. <laughs> Stop playing games with yourself. You're too old to be playing games. It's too late in the evening. Oh, God, I ain't seen all that last week. God just add that in. Now, let's get to new, new insights. Number seven. Oh, wait, there's no number seven. Now I don't know where I am. I, I stopped saying numbers. Just right. <laughs> just right. Just right. The power is not in the number. It's in the principle. Okay? Get out of financial debt and stay out. Now, God's going to let me park right here, and this is going to be the, the rest of my sermon. Get out of financial debt and what? Y'all said that we. And what? You said it like you mean it. Say, say what? What? Romans 13, 8. Turn there if you will. I want everybody with a Bible to turn to Romans 13, 8. How many of y'all want to have a Merry Christmas? I'm going to show you in this message how you can have a Merry Christmas and a prosperous new year. Get, get out of financial debt and what? Romans 13.8a says, oh, no, your, your translation may say, no man, but I like no one, anything except to what? Love one another. All you owe, should owe me is your love. All I should owe you is my love. Nothing you can do to me should stop me from loving you. I ought to love my spouse when she's right and when she's wrong. You ought to love your spouse, wives, when he's right and when he's wrong. That, nothing ought to turn off your love. You know, and, and to love a person is an act of your will. I can't love him no more. Well, you can't, but through God, you can. You love him once, you can love him again. Just say you don't want to love him. I'm talking to somebody in here. You can do what you want to do. Just say, I don't want to do it. Now, now, oh, no. In other words, we ought not be living in debt. We ought not be living in debt. The number one, I'm, this, what was the title of this message? What is, the, what is the title of this message? The Divorce Pandemic. Say it a little bit louder. A little bit louder. One more time. Listen, the number one reason for divorce is because of disputes about money. Okay? Number one, disputes about money. If your marriage is going to survive, you engage couples and married couples alike should certainly be in agreement regarding financial, spend, financial spending and lifestyle. If your marriage is going to survive, whether you're engaged to be married or whether you're already married, you should certainly be in agreement regarding financial spending and lifestyle. If you are not, wee, you headed for trouble. Trouble, 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 trouble. And I believe you ought to talk about this before you get married. Not after the fact. 
undisciplined spouse who can't control spending will drive you crazy. You think you got things kind of cleaned up and all of a sudden he has ten more thousand dollars you didn't know existed. And you ready to lay your religion down. <laughs> Y'all, it can get bad. And I, listen, thank you, Holy Spirit. And stop talking about prenuptial agreements. Prenuptial nothing. The Bible doesn't talk about that. You're going to set something in order just in case it doesn't work out. Listen, marriage is based on trust. If somebody loves their money more than you, you don't need them. Because when you get married, what's his is yours and yours is his. Huh? And it ought to be, listen, I tell you something. I believe in the principle of joint accounts. Joint. Are we married? You're one flesh. It's not for help. You got an account. She has an account. You got a saving. She got a saving. And she know what she got. You don't know what she got. And yet y'all love each other. And that listen, that's not true. I thought if, if you love me, you will trust me. I would marry somebody I couldn't trust. Look how quiet it's getting now. And some of y'all saying y'all don't need marriage counseling. Yes, you do. Because these things need to be talked through because you don't know what kind of thinking the person you're about to tie yourself into has. When you hate debt, you will run from it so that you won't be held captive by it. You will run from debt. Repeat after me. I I must hate debt. I must hate it. Run from it. How many of y'all hate snakes? Raise your hand. Okay, good. So, so when that snake, when you buy that snake, oh, come here, do a little snake. I'm going to name you Cutie. Oh, you want, you want a worm? You don't, you don't entertain that snake? You don't get close to that snake? I mean, you scream and holler and you run. And when you see that, ah, you ought to jump and run. That! You ought to feel it coming on. That! That! Now, some of y'all quick to say divorce. If y'all said, if you scream debt like fire, you, you, you would be out of debt. Oh, 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 debt. Debt. That's the D word that you ought to be agreeing not to do, along with the other D word, divorce. The second D word is debt. Say debt. That's a D word. You ought to get out of that D word. Get out of the D zone. Now, let me give you the way out of debt. Now, some of y'all say, well, I'm not in debt and I'm doing pretty good. You Listen, you don't know what. Listen, this message is for you and for you to share with others if you, know, if you got it all together. And, and I tell you something. I don't have my stuff all together that I can't hear nothing that I can't learn. I'm open to learning. And then the truth is worth repeating in order to keep me reminded of what I ought not be doing. So now let me give you some principles. And if you write these principles down and live by them, you're going to have a Merry Christmas. Okay, y'all ready? Let's go for it. Number one, the way out of debt. That's what this is called. This whole section now is the way out of debt. The way out of debt. 
Number one, the way out, repent and surrender your finances to the Lord. That's, how you, that's the first thing you do. You say, what? Yes. Repent and surrender your finances to the Lord. You say, why well, I got to repent? You made that mess. God didn't make that mess. That's why you repent. Now, you want God to bail you out, but God's not going to bail you out till you acknowledge that you made the mess. Lord, I made this mess. I'm in a mess, and I need your help to get me out. I repent, and I turn from that. I agree with you. I messed up. I sinned against you, and I need you now, Lord. Repent and put God in charge of his finances. They're not yours. They're his. He release control and let him have control. That's why you're in a mess or you're heading to mess. You've been in control. He's not Lord over your financial house. You've been in control and look at the mess you've made. Repent and surrender. Hey, God, I surrender. Here it is. And I'm going to acknowledge you for every decision henceforth now and forevermore. Number two, the way out of debt, give 10% to God. See, you say, but I'm broke. Give 10% to God. I'll give 10. You say, why? How are you going to steal from God and ask him to bless you at the same time? How are you going to cheat the God you need to deliver you? And he says, can you trust me? I will open up windows of heaven, pour you our blessings, and you'll not have room enough to receive it. You say, but I, 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 I make, I make $10,000 a month now. What is, what's tithes off of 10000 Well, Y'all can't even say it. You, go, you know, man, $1,000. And you got to scrunch and scrunch. You're telling God he needs to reduce your salary to the level of your faith. If you make it, God has blessed you to make what you're making, and you, you can't give at that level tithe-wise, then you're telling God through your action, God, reduce me back down to my level of faith. Because I can't handle that. That's too much for me, and I can't give at that level, so demote me. (laughs) The Lord giveth, and the Lord, he does both. As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy, yet even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, and eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. It's that time again. The Maranatha Bible Church family invites you to an interactive, life-changing adventure for the entire family during our annual Vacation Bible School held Sunday through Thursday, June 5th through the 9th at 6 p.m. daily. Join us as we sing, pray, and explore Bible stories as we unearth the truth about Jesus. Grow in your faith with us as we celebrate and give thanks to Christ. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.